Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Tokyo 3. Hello. So I'm Nick. I'm John. And this is Nick and John is this Evangelion. Is it rolling off the tongue yet? Uh, I had to think about it then. <laughs> like, I was very conscious of saying this Nick and Genesis or Neon John is this. <laughs> you see, the problem is it's a really funny it's a really clever joke. We're really clever. Here. We're very I don't clever. I think anyone's people. realised how clever we are. But it's quite hard to say. It is really hard. Yeah. Nick and John, because you have to say it quickly. Nick and John is this. Nick and John is this. Evangelion, Evangelion. and there has to be a weird pause there between the Nick and John is this and the Evangelion. Yeah, because you can't really vocalise. It's for punctuation, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. If you just go, Nick mark. and John is this Evangelion. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's a colon, I think. It's like Nick and John. Is this? Is it? Is it? Is it? But is it really? Is it? Is it? <laughs> But it is actually. It is actually. It, it is actually Evangelion. That's the one thing we can be. It's probably the only thing we can be sure about that it is Evangelion. It is Evangelion. So, um, hello. Episode two. Yeah, this is episode two of our Neon Genesis Evangelion rewatch podcast. Yeah, the show which everyone was crying out for. Yeah, everyone. Yeah. And now a void has been filled <laughs> in the world. So, uh, I guess uh, last episode was pretty long. Yeah. Because we, uh, we had a lot of groundwork. I had to set it all up. Yeah, we had built, a lot of... Built the foundations. Yeah, I had to, you know, lay a bit of, lay a bit of concrete. Mm. A bit of story concrete. <laughs> Put a few metaphor pillars up. Oh, yeah, damn. Oh, it's rich. Damn straight. Just keep putting. <laughs> um, but having covered most of that groundwork, I guess now we just dive into the next episode. Yeah, episode two. Unfamiliar ceiling forward slash the beast. I like a... I like a show that isn't isn't afraid to have a stupid episode title, or a show that isn't afraid to have two titles, which yeah. is a common anime thing I've discovered. Like anime doesn't know when to stop titling. <laughs> I think <laughs> you know, like why there isn't like there's Neon Genesis Evangelion, then there yeah. should be Hyperdimensional DX Volume Two Chain of Tears or something. You know? I wonder if like Western storytelling is finally catching up because there are two games coming out, and one is called like was it Detroit Become Human? Yes. And, and Horizon, no, is it? Yeah, Horizon New Dawn, yeah, or Zero Dawn, yeah. that's it. Yeah. And there's no, there's no punctuation, no. And this is the first game in both of these series, so it's not like it's the sequel. Yeah, I love the original Horizon game. Yeah, Horizon One, One with a silent this one. This is the prequel. <laughs> Don't talk too many dawns. <laughs> <laughs> many dawns. <laughs> Keeps on dawning. Um. <laughs> Never stop dawning. But um, yeah, so un- unfamiliar ceilings. Just ceiling. Unfamiliar See, un- unfamiliar ceiling. ceiling, although it is said twice in the episode. It is. Slash Das Beast. <laughs> das Beast. Das so, Beast. Without further ado, how does the episode open, Nick? Uh, the episode opens pretty much exactly where episode one leaves off. Yeah. Mid-battle. No, mid yeah, essentially like a, just a second half of the same. Yeah. Shinji's in the cockpit. Uh, you know, stakes are high. Music, music's going. Oh, my God. He's going he's gonna to fight this. This preposterous angel thing. Yeah, because where we left him last time, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, Shinji is piloting Eva Unit One, mm. and he's just been kind of launched up to yeah. the city, and he's standing in in the Eva in a, a long city street, facing the angel who the, is probably the, about a mile away from him. The third angel. Sakio. Yes. Sakio. Satchio? Satchio? Satchio. 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 Over the shoulder Satchel. Satchel. It'll yeah. be Satchel. It's, it's man purse. <laughs> yes. Man purse. That's probably angel, what yeah. they were going for. Okay. So, um, 
battle is joined in dramatic fashion and uh, or less than dramatic fashion. Uh, bear in mind, as we pointed out, Shinji has just got off the bus. Yeah, like he's he's not been in. Tokyo like, 3 for... We could probably work it out. He's probably been here for a couple of hours. Yeah, because because the angel was blowing up stuff. Yeah. They had to... Race away from it in the car. Get to Go nerve. down into the geo front. Have a little chat with his dad, which wasn't a particularly great reunion. And then dad said, get in the robot. He was like, no. Actually, yeah, okay. Got in the robot. Launched up to the sky. And b- battle begins. That's like two hours, I reckon. Yeah, and he's suddenly put... He's put in the cockpit of this massive 300-foot-tall walking death robot thing <laughs> with no training no bear in mind this is a kid who isn't old enough to drive yes like and you know bless him he doesn't seem especially happy maybe he's never even had a Game Boy <laughs> like for all we know he's never played any kind of competitive game yeah maybe he hasn't played Evangelion on the Sega Saturn he probably he hasn't played that was that a thing there was yeah was it really yeah, it was Yeah. what kind of what form did the gameplay take um, I haven't played it I've just seen footage of it played but you are you are you are a pilot in the in the AVA and you have to like It's. It, I think the whole thing is kind of framed as like it's a simulation like you're training yeah because it's not a it's not a series that really lends itself to happy punch ups no so there's lots of like there's a, there's a lot going on on the screen if I remember rightly from the videos yeah. like this crazy HUD like loads of crosshairs and just like life meters and scales and oh, just it's so messy. Is it like congratulations? You maxed out your ennui bar. <laughs> <laughs> Depression combo, combo. Your sync ratio has gone through the roof, but your self respect. Oh damn there's, it! There's none of that. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's like you defeated the angel. You also cooked a lovely dinner, but your dad did not approve. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, battle. Sorry, uh, Eva versus. Eva Unit 1, amazing giant purple robot versus Angel. This is the moment foretold in prophecy according to the Dead Sea Scrolls yeah. and everything. It's going to be epic. It's yeah. going to be epic. What happens? Uh, well, Ritsuko tells him to focus on walking. Yeah, walking. So <laughs> she says it in a kind of like genteel, motherly way. It's like, hey, oh, Shinji, hey, don't Shinji. worry. Yeah, don't worry about Shinji. <laughs> she doesn't say Shinji. Or, or big S, you <laughs> Yes, Garg. Big, big chap. <laughs> hey, big chap. Hey, hey, Shinge. Don't, hey, Shinge, uh, don't, uh, don't, don't panic it. here. Don't sweat it, big boy. It's going to be all right. Yeah. It's not like the whole you know, Tokyo 3 yeah, slash the world mind, hangs in the balance here. Apparently, the stakes are so high that they've put an untrained, emotionally damaged 14-year-old in a in a vehicle he's only seen 10 <laughs> minutes before. Yeah. And we're like, hey, just, just focus on walking. Hey, yeah. As if walking would be an achievement. And then like black belt level martial arts... That can come a minute or two well, after. It's, that. Yeah, it's like you know, you don't, you don't do, you don't beat down a giant alien monster until you can walk. Yeah, yeah that's, what, just, that's, that's how the old adage goes. Yeah. So, so, uh, so she says that, and he manages. And this is another thing. Like, I don't even know how the controls work. It does seem to have this sort of kind of uh, psychic connection, like like telepathic connection with him. Yeah, but he's got two handles. It's not like cockpit. you've got. Like leg and hand paddles. Exactly. Just imagine if you were sat in there, right, and you're ha- and you got your hands on both of the of the the paddles or whatever the, you want to call them, and then and then Ritsuko goes helpfully, hey 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 Shinj, just focus on walking. Okay. With my hand. With what? <laughs> Are there pedals? I've got. I'm in, a, I'm in a very comfy chair. Yeah. I should point out. But do I think about walking? Do you want to tell me something? Is there an instruction manual? I mean, it's not like Pacific Rim where, you know, it, it's a proper. Yeah, like, uh, what's and their feet like, haptic are, interface kind in of thing. the sort of steppy thing. Yeah, right? yeah. No, it's not like that. No, you just got two handles. Yeah, and not even 
there may be some triggers in there, but so my, my my first reaction would probably be to like pull on things, you know, like that's <laughs> just stop yanking. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. it's a, po- a visual. It's not really a visual medium, but I'm just no, saying. But right now we're both yanking both punching vis- uh, vigorously. Yeah, and you know who knows what that might do. That could launch. That could launch an entire silo of nuclear weaponry from Which my shoulders. Far, yeah, and as far as Shinji is aware, this thing is armed with nuclear weapons. Yeah. No one's told Look him anything. It, it's insane. But what actually happens is he falls. He, he falls flat on his face. He falls over. Yeah, crushing. You see, like, uh, like he takes a, he takes one step. He does take one step, and you see like a, a little phone booth next Crack. to his foot, just yeah. kind of tink. It's going to break. <laughs> falls flat on his face, and then the angel jumps on him. Yeah, I think. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the angel the... takes advantage, picks him up by the head, grabs his arm, breaks yeah. that arm. It's his left arm. Yeah, just Ava's left snaps arm. right, and Shinji feels a lot of pain in the cockpit. But the people back at Nerve, again, really, really helpful and comforting, just say, hey, hey, Shinji, <laughs> it's not your arm. It's not your real arm. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. There was no... I feel like... It's like you've walked into the middle of a of a show. Yeah. Like, from Shinji's perspective. And like, whoa, whoa. Okay, I appreciate it's not my real arm, but let's just let's just back this up it a minute. It feels like it is. It's possible that I might make this mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're putting me in a situation where I might confuse the breaking of a giant robotic arm with my own... <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> legs backpedal. Uh, that's so true. Uh, we can't underestimate the, the trauma. Like we can't understate the mm. trauma which this poor boy. <clears throat> and he's already damaged. You know. We've, yeah. We've we've made a big thing of this. Like, and, and the show makes a big thing of this. He is not pilot material. <laughs> no. Oh, and maybe one uh, one kind of cool thing is that when the angel breaks Eva Unit One's arm. Mm. Uh, it's probably your first indication that the Eva is not just a robot. Yeah, there's a real sense of uh, organic snapping. Because it's floppy yeah. underneath. It doesn't crack, it just no. fall off. Definitely, yeah. And uh, it is this episode, of course, as we'll, as we'll touch on later, that, that completely reveals that for us mm-hmm. later on. But uh, at this point, yeah, so he's, he's, made a, he's made a cock-up, he's fallen over on his face. The angel's got him, broken his arm. And, his and, when, and, when, uh, and when he breaks his arm... You just see like this look of like pure horror on Shinji's face, yeah, like as if the pain is so intense because clearly, unimaginably, intense. there is a kind of while he only has these two handles, there clearly, clearly is a kind of psychic connection going on yeah. here. Which makes you wonder what the point of the handles some is. Some of the pain, yeah. But um, the angel, which of course, as we described, we won't go into it again, but we described it in the previous episode, picks either unit one up by by its face, by, yeah, by its face. It's incredibly strong, mm. and, and bear in mind they're both kind of. You know, bigger than most buildings, and kind of you know towering alongside skyscrapers. Mm. Picks up Shinji by the head or the Eva, and then a sort of retractable spike that is lodged within its forearm. Yeah, comes out of its elbow back away from the, the Eva's head, like it's charging up. Yeah, and then slots back into the forearm, and obviously through the palm of the hand that's holding the Eva by its by its face, and so therefore this spike. Is assaulting the Ava's face, like bam, yeah. bam, bam, and like you're not, and everyone, you've got like this whole command center, yeah, kind of viewing it, and we're all like shouting orders and running and screaming, and it's all kind it's of like, like the nerve circuits are breaking. Try and recall him. We can't disconnect the power. We can't launch the entry plug. And you we don't can't. Hear, you don't hear a thing from Shinji. No, like no. This at this point, we don't actually see. Well, we we see a shot of the cockpit view, and the glass, as it were, seems to be breaking. Yeah, from the impacts from this sort of arm spike. He's getting like it's like a like a pile driver. Yeah. And then like the third one 
goes right through its skull, out the back of its head. So and, it, and it's long. Yeah, like there is like no, it's no, there is no doubt this thing just powers right through e- the unit one's head, and then it uh, doesn't it uh, kicks, it kicks him away, smashes into a building, slumps down, and you think, oh great, wow, dead. what a, what a, what a kickoff, and, and his head sags down. And then blood squirts out from both the front of its face and out the back yeah, of its head. Just in case there was any doubt, <laughs> a hole has been drilled right through the head. Of and then, our... of course, we're all a bit like, blood? Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah, excellent point, of course. Yeah. We're used to it now. We've, yeah. we, we know this series, but we're like, these, these big men. this robot is bleeding. Yeah. That's a bit weird. That's, that's weird. And then... Cut! Smash cut yeah. to a hospital room. Yeah. And the gentle sound of cicadas yes. in the background, chirping away. Which I now always associate with Evangelion, by the way. If ever I hear yeah. cicadas in anything else, because we don't tend to hear them here in the UK. It's not really a UK thing. But um, but in a show or something, I immediately, my mind takes me to like Tokyo 3 and Nerve. Like, yeah. Cicadas, for me, are an Evangelion thing. They're not, they're not wildlife. They're not, no. like, they're not a world thing. They are, they are an Evangelion thing. But... Um, uh, this kind of idyllic hospital room. Well, not, yeah. not idyllic, but like very, the sun is shining. Yeah, very bare. Yeah, there's like a bluish tinge to everything. And Shinji wakes up in bed. Yeah. And he's all right. And he says the words, unfamiliar ceiling. What does he say, Nick? Unfamiliar ceiling. Forward slash. He doesn't say that, no. doesn't conveniently spell out the title of this episode for us. But Shinji's alive, and tellingly, he doesn't have a giant hole in his head. No. And then we get a rather strange... Well, it's not that strange, actually. But it's like, it is strange at this point, if, if you imagine that we hadn't... You didn't know. Because, of course, that, that battle ends what seems like midway through the battle. So now we see a montage of Nerve employees doing cleanup, And it's yeah. daytime... And and the city seems to be a bit damaged, and you, they see you see them like shipping a huge Ava helmet, the Ava One's helmet around, and yeah, like with helicopters. Yeah, and helicopters are carrying a massive rifle wrapped up in sort of bandaging through the sky, and you see these huge shell casings like a sort of ammo yeah, belt, like the size of like of a uh, the size of a transit van. Yes, yeah, yeah, um, and everyone's just sort of chatting about what happened, and you're sort of made to feel as though was that it? Yeah, like did. Did Shinji not succeed, but that was okay? Like, the angel went away or something? Yeah, it's a pretty jarring, like, just straight out. Yeah. And, of course, also we see... So we cut from, like, kind of Shinji in hospital, just staring at things, being a bit kind of morose, <laughs> to uh, Misato and Ritsuko. Ritsuko. I'm, gonna, I'm eventually going to remember more than just what they look like. <laughs> uh, kind of supervising the clean-up. Mm. Uh, and uh, also... A sinister meeting room. Yes, we see a sinister meeting room with um, with uh, Shinji's dad, Gendo Akari, at the head of a table, and everyone's sort of illuminated in their own sort of primary colour. Yeah, and apart from that, the, the rest of the room is it's just a black. black void. Yeah, you can tell they're at a table, but that's that's pretty much it. And they're talking very mysteriously about everything. Yeah, like uh, they're saying... They- These people appear to be Gendo's... Superiors. Like, we're told nothing about them. no. But you can infer... Like a board of governors. Apparently they're in charge, and they're saying, like, uh, you know, you're not happy with the way you're doing things, this is a bit reckless. Nerves cost us a lot of money. You've spent, like, like, like the crazy amounts of money we're spending on on this, because we have to repair Unit 1. Yeah. They also say something to the effect of, we need to repair Unit 0. Yeah. We're like, what's that? What's What's going on there? Yeah. And they basically say, yeah, and also, you gave the keys... 
to your son. So what's this all about? What's Favoritism? up with that? Yeah. Like, Hasn't your family cost us enough? Mm. What does that mean? Yeah, what Who does knows? that mean? Who knows? I don't know if I ever know. And <laughs> they also say, you should make the human instrumentality project yes. your priority. Although in the dub, it's called something different. Human Enhancement Project. Oh, yeah, that's a good it? point, yeah. The Human Instrumentality Project is what the sub calls it. Yeah. And that is a much better phrase. Okay, well, let's run with that. Let's run with then. that. Yeah, so they say, you must make the Human Instrumentality Project your priority. Yeah, they even say something to the effect of, these angels aren't a good enough excuse to not focus on the Human Instrumentality Project. So it's like, okay, so, so the constant, impending, apocalyptic doom reign of these intergalactic strange creatures is not enough of an excuse no, apparently not. for whatever this project is. But okay. They say, given how things are going, uh, the human instrumentality project could be the only way for humanity to survive anyway. Yeah. So like, what? So, but... And then they, they kind of fade out into blackness. Maybe it's a kind of like holographic yeah. display or something. Or virtual meeting. And then, uh, yeah, then Gendo, I can't remember exactly what he says, but sort of it's just left like, alone. he just so goes like, yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And you can tell he's like, uh, he's, he doesn't respect their authority. So hello again, everyone. We apologize for a, uh, an ever so slight break in, uh, the entertainment. We had some technical difficulties. Uh, we're now continuing slightly warily, <laughs> keeping an eye on the recording equipment. Computers. But I think we're back on, I think we're back on. I think we are. I think we're okay. So, anyway, uh, barring the small bit we may have lost due to the computer crashing, uh, where were we? So, Genji met with... S- Gendo. Uh, Gendo, not Genji, I've been playing too much Overwatch. <laughs> Gendo met with the Sinister Boardroom people, yeah. who are as yet unnamed, as yet unnamed, and actually in the dub have really... Odd, Weird voices. Really oh, odd voices. Hello there, Gendo. Sort of voices. You guys say, like, if I was, you know, if I was the voice actor called in to do Mysterious Man, Mysterious Man at Table, I, I, yeah. you've got to work, you, you know, you've got to entertain yourself where yeah. you can, really. You've got to work. Well, it's probably like how you start out as a voice actor, isn't it? It's just like, I'm just going to go crazy. Yeah, you've got to build up. Gigs. Yeah. yeah, and then the people will come to know me. As and the, then I'll be a tortured guy. protagonist. Yes. So we're kind of like, we're jumping between these scenes of <clears throat> Gendo in the meeting room, uh, the clean-up in the city, and then eventually... Uh, Shinji waiting in probably one of the largest, emptiest hospital waiting rooms you could ever possibly see. So yeah. much, it looks like an airport it waiting lounge. Like an airport terminal, doesn't it? Yeah. And then, uh, and then, uh, uh, Katsuragi comes to get him. Uh, mi- I'm terrible with names. Misato, there we go. Misato comes and gets him. Yeah. And then they go to uh, a room that looks like it's at the top of the geofront because the whole floor is glass. Yeah. And they can look down over. The crazy geofront with all the, the trees and the pyramids and everything. And you, when we watched it, what was your response to... I was like, what is this room for? What is that room for? Because <laughs> it's a big room. It's huge. And it's really like, it's a stunning shot. You know, it's like really amazing. These people are stood on this sort of glass tiled floor. And just below them is this sweeping vista. It's an impossible situation to be in unless you're on some sort of flying battleship in the world. Yeah. But instead we know we're underground here, which is... And also, like, it's not even like, oh, hey, we're relatively high up. It's like, no, we're very high up. Yeah. Under this massive underground... If that glass glass broke, they would fall to their death. Oh, yeah, you'd probably fall miles. Yes. Yeah, a couple of miles at least. I I, got to say, like, I've... Having a little little diversion, but I, I lived in... Canada yeah. for a bit. I lived in Toronto for a bit. And in the first couple of days of 
being in Toronto, we went up the CN Tower, which has a glass floor. Uh, and it's terrifying. <laughs> like, it's utterly terrifying. I'm amazed they're all just standing there like, oh, it's fine. But like, like every because I've been at a place with a glass floor. I can't remember what it was. It was it was up up some monument. Yeah, up up your monument. Um, and they're always little patches of glass, aren't they? It's not. It, was yeah. it a large glass floor where you were? Um, it's not everywhere, but it was really big enough. It was like a kind yeah. of it's circular up at the top, so yeah. it was like a part of the ring was. But in this, bit, like yeah. to leave that room that they're that they're chatting to someone in, would take about a minute's walk. Across the across yeah. the room. it's like the size of a gymnasium. You don't really get to the middle of that room unless you're okay with heights. <laughs> yeah, and apparently both Shinji and Misato are. Like, yeah, I can fine. I can imagine like Misato and miscellaneous admin guy they're talking to are fine. They work there. <laughs> He's just forced to work in this sky high office in a constant state of <laughs> like sweating vertigo. <laughs> I didn't like i I didn't realize quite how how much for healthy respect. I had for hikes until I stood on that glass floor and my feet were sweating. <laughs> like, you know, that's... People talk about sweaty palms, but no, I could feel it in my feet. That's how scary. Maybe that admin guy did something to Gendo Curry, and uh, his punishment was to go work in the glass sky room. You get the, you get the sky room with no furniture. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing in You there. don't even get a desk. No, that's not even a filing cabinet. Like, yeah. just out of shot, it's just all of his paperwork all over the glass. Just <laughs> flat. Like, what, what do I do? Do... <laughs> You don't do anything in the Skyroom, you jackass. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, well, yeah, the whole point of that glorious scenery is just to have a completely pointless, well, not pointless, but completely uneventful scene where um, they basically just say, oh, yeah, uh, Shinji... He's going to live on his own. Yeah, we've got him a house. It's all good. Yeah. And then and then Masato's like, what? He's going to live on his own? And Shinji's like, hey, you know, it's cool. I'm used to living on my own. And then the Shinji rating of the episode just goes up a notch there because you can tell that's a little... Little cry for help, maybe. Yeah, a tiny little cry for help. And um, <laughs> but he's like, "Yeah, I'm cool. I don't don't worry I, about I, it. Don't worry about me." And then it smash cuts to Misato on the phone, now in a different location, um, to Ritsuko, her her buddy at Nerve, saying, um, "So that's when I decided that he was going to move in with me, and it's okay. It's all official, and it's happening now." And Shinji just sort of stood in the background. He obviously hasn't been consulted on this. He is moving in with this 18 year old crazy woman. And again, um, 18. Is she eighteen? Um, you know what? Let's I, just look it up because I'm going to look it up. But I'm I'm pretty sure I've researched this before because she's got to be at, at oldest. She's in her twenties. Yeah, but like, if she's eighteen, she's a major, isn't she? Uh, major. She gets promoted, doesn't she? At some show? point, yeah. But she's she's in charge of nerves. I guess military operations. Yeah, at least they're at least they're um, yeah, functional. Yeah, pardon, pardon us, listener. We're just doing a bit of research on the fly here. <laughs> what is so, it going? Uh, she is a captain, and then later a major. Okay, so captain. Promoted okay, that's pretty high ranking, anyway. Uh, let's see if I can find anything about her age. Doopy doo. Hey, fill the gap, John. Maybe sing for a bit. I could. I could. Uh, or dance. Dance. <laughs> In this purely. Wow, that those moves. Audio. <laughs> Goodness me! <laughs> if you could see this, <laughs> I can't find her age. Okay. Oh, here we go. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh! I don't know where I got my previous research from. It's saying she's twenty-nine. Okay, well that that makes sense. That does make more sense, doesn't it? Does it make it worse that she flirts with him so much? Yes. Yes. yes yeah. It does. Much. Much worse. Yeah. It makes it so much worse. Okay, but at least we know. 
To be fair, she doesn't look 29 either. Like, I don't think she looked 18. But 29... I think 29 is kind of plausible. Oh, okay. I mean, it's, yeah, a, little, no, it's a little hard to judge ages in anime, I suppose. Okay. But, like... Stylized purple eyes. At least 29 kind of indicates that she's been in the military long enough to get promoted to the rank of captain. She's very childish, though, and very immature. Not in her job. Not in her job. Well, no, not entirely. She's very... She's very um, impulsive. In yeah, but it's like this is someone they trusted enough to give the reins, really, of the whole of operations. Yeah, yeah. of the defense of humanity. <clears throat> yeah. You know, and uh, you know, you see her kind of like when she does a job, she's very kind of you know like you know screaming orders, doesn't like never falters, always knows exactly what to do. Yeah, you know, she's pretty resourceful. But then you see her kind of like uh, chatting with Ritsuko on occasion. And, you know, that's, she's a bit more kind of pally, a bit more kind of mm. like, you see a more human side to her. She's got these two sides. But then, of course, uh, she says, Shinji, you can come move in with me. Yay! And uh, she makes some wildly inappropriate joke about, uh, she promises not to hit on him or yeah. anything. The 14-year-old boy yeah. in her care. Just putting, the, just putting that out there. Yeah, just put that down. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, and then they go, they pick up supplies, they go get groceries. Loads of beer. Uh, and it's interesting that, of course, uh, th- there are still groceries to buy. Yeah, still convenience stores that, that allow you to buy things. This is a weird thing, like, life in the city goes on pretty much mm. as normal. Although, of course, this is the first angel incident yes. in 15 years. But but but, but post the impact. Post, post the impact, yeah. So it's not like humanity has any reason to be used no. to this. But But, you know, according to what I've read about the setting of the story, like... Most of the world is either decimated or living underground. Yeah, Tokyo Three seems to be a uh, uh, a difference to, to the rest of the world. Like people are living in, in a city. Yeah, because it's a super advanced city; they can fold away. But of course, you've got, yeah, they have elements of that are underground, the geofront. Yeah. But um, yeah, there was also they made a comment earlier about um, like a PR kind of like sp- Nerve has a PR division. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't in remember order to spin what happened. Um, about the angels, because Sele were talking about it, weren't they, in the conference? Yeah, King uh, Sele being the sinister. Yeah, at this point we don't know this. Yeah, we don't actually know they're called Sele, but yeah, they are the sinister people who control Nerve. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what they were spinning. No, because like angels attacked, they're like giant aliens. I oh, and by it... the way, they exist. Yeah, I think it was just that. I think it was just angels attacking. Like, yeah, let's give them something to do. I don't know what they were hiding. There's not really nothing. There's not really anything. To well, it was hide. it was alluded that it was to to stop mass panic, but I don't know why that would matter anyway. Like, <laughs> but everyone seemed fairly calm. Yeah, there was a couple of other people in the grocery shop. Yeah, they were just buying their goods. <laughs> and then, but yeah, so what do they stock up on? Uh, beer. Yes, lots of beer. Loads of beer. Bit more beer. Some beer. Also some beer. There was beer as well. Was there beer? No. Oh, what were they drinking? Beer. Oh, right, beer. Yeah, <laughs> and snacks. Yeah. And they drive back to Misato's apartment. She invites Shinji, Shinji in. in. She said, "This is your home now. Gonna, we're gonna have a party, and, and it's a dive." It's, yeah, it's, it's it's a trashy apartment full yeah. of rubbish and beer cans and everywhere. takeaway. Pring, like if, if Pringles existed, there'd be Pringle tubes everywhere. That that be. kind of thing. Yeah, and there's lots of Raymond ramen pots, isn't there? And Raymond. Like, Raymond. Raymond. <laughs> Who's Raymond? <Raymond's> there. <laughs> Everybody loves ramen. <laughs> he just he just stands in the corner. <laughs> um, to add boiling water to him. But I'm talking. <laughs> she keeps a poor man called Raymond in the apartment, <laughs> pours boiling water on him every now and then. <laughs> just her way. Just don't ask. And uh, yeah, she's like she's like make yourself at home. Um, 
like, I'm going to get changed, we're going to have dinner. And then she starts drinking. Yeah. As it, but, you know, we, there's a, the, the emotional, social, physical abuse that this kid goes through. Yeah, because she has a conversation with him, doesn't she? And, and she's sort of saying, and he's going, yes, yes, very meek, isn't he, in the conversation. Yeah. And then she just, like, grabs him by the head and she's like, why are you so pathetic just saying yes and yes? And, and she's knocking back the beers at, at yeah, this point. Yeah. Like, she kind of, like, cares for Be him. Be a but, man, Shinji. But it's like, right. you just think, like, what, where is the responsible adult yeah. in any of this? Like, you know, you, this kid, he's adrift, he's in a town, a city he's never been in before, we don't know where he was before. No. Uh, we've just put him inside, behind the wheels of a terrifying death engine. Robot. He's been injured, presumably. He's been in hospital. Now let's just release him into the care yeah. of this borderline drunk lady who keeps making oddly inappropriate sexual advances towards him <laughs> and, like, bludgeoning him and drinking and shouting at him. It's You would take this kid into care. Yeah. yeah I mean, yes, definitely. But I guess it's an improvement from where he was before. I where don't was know. he before? Nobody knows. Know. Nobody knows. But anyway, so she says, hey, you should you should totally have a bath, because that'll make you feel better. Yeah. Can we also point out that, like, this is a massive tonal shift. <laughs> From what we'd started the episode with. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, you know, it's, it's weird kind of... I wanted to get a bit of that d- domestic comedy home life in there, which is weird considering that the, the sort of mission statement of this show is bleak, apocalyptic, end of humanity. And and they, the, uh, you know what this needs? It needs a bit of light. Does it, though? Does it? <laughs> Does, Does it, it though? <laughs> It's like, it's like I I find this a lot with anime. Like it has whatever it's about, whatever the core plot is, mm. it has everything yes. in it. You're absolutely right. We've talked about this before. Yeah, like you have, we have a anime about a giant robot. Yeah, but we have to have romance, comedy, drama, Fan school service. setting. Yeah, like weirdly weird slapstick. Yeah, like the sort tone is like comedy because of course. As in a minute, we'll talk about the, the moment where Shinji has is naked uh, because he opens the, the shower room. Yeah, and and there's a little beer can just blocking out. Well, yeah, well we, 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 well, we might as well say that. There, it's, yeah. a, it's, it's a joke which the Simpsons did in the Simpsons movie. It's yeah. basically like Shinji goes for a shower, uh, a bath uh, in those uh, kind of the Japanese style bathrooms, which are just ubiquitous in anime, yeah. like everywhere. Yeah, like goes and has a bath, opens the sliding door. And there's a penguin. Yes. Pen pen. Penguin. We'll talk about the penguin in a minute. Okay, so he's startled by the penguin. <laughs> and he runs kind of screaming into the the Living dining room. room, whatever. And he's just naked. Yeah. Like... And, and the shot of him is over Masato's shoulder. Yes. And there's a beer can in the way of... Classic. It, it's, it's pure... Like, and she goes to drink from the beer can. And there's an even smaller container behind the beer can. Still blocking out his, his little peen. Uh, that says toothpicks on it. it it's, it's like something out of uh, a carry-on movie. It absolutely is. And yet we have just been watching the highest stakes, end of the world, bizarre angel versus giant robot battle. Yeah. What are we... What's happening? Why? Why are we here? Why, yeah, I, oh, my life. It's it's really bizarre. Mm. And uh, yeah, then he gets embarrassed when he finally realises he's, he's naked and Misato's like, oh, don't worry about the penguin. He's a pet. Yeah. He lives here. This is my pen pen. Uh, he's a warm water penguin and there's some allusion to the fact that these are a thing that have happened because the world has changed like yeah. there are these warm water penguins now okay so Misato has two refrigerators she does in her 
apartment. Or are they freezers? I get freezers, yeah. Freezers, actually. And Shinji's one has a little door in it. Yeah, and Shinji's like, oh, you have two freezers, and this one has a door in it. What's in there? And she goes, oh, he must still be sleeping. <laughs> You're like, what? Uh, but? but then you see this presumably hyper-intelligent penguin. Yeah. Uh, and it's like a... It's got a towel around his neck. It's like yeah. he's just been in a sauna. And it's like one of the penguins with the kind of, like, uh, frills on it on their eyebrows. So apparently there does not seem to be a direct real-world equivalent to the species of penguin that Pen Pen is. No. Like, it's a made-up species. But also, he has a towel around his neck. Yeah, because he's obviously been steaming himself in the in the bathroom. I guess so, yeah. And yeah. and he's wearing, like, a little backpack. He always has he's like got a... this weird sort of collar that has his name uh, inscribed on it as though he was some sort of... Uh, uh, ex- uh, genetic experiment. Okay, that's that's all we can assume. I know you're right. There is a backpack there. Yes. I yeah. There. Yeah. And he basically just looks at Shinji, what, and then with a towel around his neck, a penguin with a towel around his neck. He's got this very sort of uh, surly um, uh, sort of look on his face. Doesn't he? It's like, how dare you interrupt my sauna, you little poo? And then just waddles back to and his then freezer. Presses a button. Yeah, he has a little claw. A little claw pops out. Little claw pops out. He's got retractable claws, which no penguin on earth has. Yeah. Presses a button. Door slides open. He look, gives Shinji another look as if to say, you bug. And then wanders into his little ice house, which we can see for a second has a little deck chair in it. Yeah. <laughs> Where he's been sunning himself in the equivalent of the cold. Door shuts. No Shinji, more pen pen. Shinji's embarrassed about his nudity. And then the scene kind of starts to wrap up where Shinji goes to bed. Yeah. We see him just lying on his bed, awake, middle of, kind of middle of the night. Just staring at the ceiling, and what does he say? He says, John, unfamiliar ceiling. He says it again. He does. He loves it. Uh, he's listening to his Walkman, which is something we'll probably come back to many, many times talking about this. Yeah, because that's probably Shinji's main pastime, is I think lying, in, friend. lying in the dark. Listening to his Walkman. Listening to his loop. Walkman. Um, and then he starts to remember the battle. Yeah. And we realise, ah, okay, the battle didn't end, yeah. we just didn't see the end of it. We just jumped ahead in time, and now we're going to see the second half of the fight. Yeah, so it's like, you know, you hear this focus on his eyeball, you hear this kind of like pounding as the noises of the flashbacks start coming back, and suddenly we're right back in the action again. Yeah. And the Ava 01 is slumped against the skyscraper, blood is squirting out of both holes in its face and yeah. the back of its head. Like we're talking like thousands of gallons of blood, like, yeah, yeah, like an s- Olympic swimming pool amount yeah. of blood. <laughs> We're back at the nerve cent- uh, nerve control centre. Ha! Ah, the nerve centre of nerve. Never never thought of that before. Um, and uh, they're all shouting, we can't connect to it, we can't eject the entry plug, you know, we've lost all contact, we, we don't even know if the pilot's alive, got no vital signs. It's nothing. all gone to heck, basically. The, basically, it, they make a very big, clear point that the Ava is destroyed. It's broken, it's useless. There is no way on Earth that it could ever step up, that it could ever fight this back. There's just no way. It can't step to this. Basically. Basically. Is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And, and, then, and then... One of its eyes, the only remaining eye that it has, suddenly brightly glows white. And it looks up. And its mouth opens. Yes. What basically. we thought was like a kind of... I don't know, just part of the helmet design or something Now like. sort of cracks open, so it isn't intended to be open. And it roars at the top of its voice. Yeah, and it's got these big kind of red teeth on And the... everyone in the control centre is now like, This is impossible! This can't happen! You know, it's, it was it was shut down. All the connections were broken. And they go like, oh, it's Berserker. Dun, dun, dun. And then it gets up. It gets up. And it runs. Yeah, and, and it's an odd-looking thing anyway. Yeah. And it suddenly 
tips over from being like really weird robot to being like what the hell is this and it runs in a really weird way because it's sort of like it bends at the waist and leans forwards yeah to the point that it's so far or its waist is so far forward that it should fall over but it's sprinting so fast and its arms are like dangling by its sides that it, it's got this crazy animal like gait as it sprints down the street animal's the probably the word yeah and it goes and it um it, sma- it goes to like it leaps doesn't it onto the yeah it does forward flip and of course, at this point, it's not—it's not been explained yet. But you see, it, the Eva does have a massive power cable, long umbilical cable behind sticking out. Its and back. It, it leaps into the air on a—it's fighting on a city street as tall as the buildings on either side. Does a great big somersault, lands on the angel on its chest, and starts kind of like—doesn't it grab it or start like punching it or something? Yeah, like that? it sort of—it sort of grabs its. What does it do first? I think it sort of grabs its ribs. Doesn't it? Well, and, oh no, I think it that comes because that comes later. I mean, yeah. Does it kick it first? Well, I mean, certainly at one point the um, it goes to grab you its know, arms. Yeah, I mean, like both of its I guess arms. the specifics aren't you know, but it goes to grab the angel, but the angel throws up a shield. Yes. Yeah, a great big force field suddenly appears in front of it, which yeah. is referred to as an AT field. Yes. Which I'm not sure if it's ever said in the series, but in the kind of like. Uh, material, yeah, the cannon stands for absolute terror field, yeah, which is meant to be. Although I think it's later explained out, or if it isn't explained anyway, in the canon of the series, <laughs> tripping over my words here, <laughs> the the absolute terror field is basically what separates one in, person from another. One person from another. Mm. It's why we have a sense of individuality. You and I, it's, but, yeah, yeah. If if we all came from a greater, larger Godhead-like being. The only way that that could have split into individual beings is if there were essentially walls that were brought up between uh, individual, almost cells, I suppose, yeah. of this creature. And those cell walls are the AT field. Because it suggested that, like, Keeps every... my consciousness clear from yours. Every living being has an AT field. Yeah. But the angels, for some reason, are able to almost weaponize it. <coughs> Amplify it, So yeah. it becomes a physical force field. And that's why the Avas are so important, because they can do the same. But, and so, like, the EVA Unit 1 is trying to smash into the angel... And it, uh, the field yeah, the field comes up. So it lifts up its hand because the angel, the uh, the Eva has still got a broken arm. Yeah, Unit One has a broken arm, and it holds it up, and it heals itself. Yeah, with sort of yellow light. Yeah, like the the arm just regenerates, and then it punch it kind of pushes its hands into the field. This great big yellow force field it starts to rip it open. Uh, yeah, like like it's tearing a hole in a great big sheet of canvas like or something. Film or something. Yeah, sh- yeah, like clean film. Yeah, and Ritsuko great. says something where she says the the Ava's AT field is neutralizing the angels' AT field. So they the she says something like the waves are neutralizing the phase space. Yeah, and it suggests that like the angels' AT field and the Ava's AT field are now synchronized in wavelength and as such neutralize each other. Yeah, or something. Which of course physically manifests as Eva Unit One just tearing this thing apart like a. Big old Christmas present. Rips it apart, and uh, then doesn't the angel like like hit it with like this massive particle beam? Yes, it does. And there's a huge explosion, which seems to push the Ava back a little bit. Yeah, but not much. Yeah, but and, and like you see this kind of blast from above, and like it's like it's colossal particle Corridor. cannon, like this white energy just fills this street and then erupts down two side streets. Yeah, to form across. Forms a massive crucifix. Unit 1 is fine. Yeah, Unit 1 sprints back towards the angel. Grabs the arms, doesn't it? Yeah. It, both of its arms. Yeah, it grabs... Yeah, I don't know quite how it manages it. It's quite a good quite a good move. Yeah. But it grabs both the angel's forearms. With one hand. And then kind of like twists them in half. Breaking both of them. Yeah, just like snaps this them. weird blood, blue blood sort of squirts And out. then while it's holding on to like these cracked arms, it 
kicks the angel, yeah. essentially ripping its forearms off. Yeah, kicks and, it right in the chest. And it goes flying backwards. Yes. And at one point, doesn't it also... And again, it's, it's pretty brutal. Yeah. I think that's probably the take-home message here. But like at, <laughs> at one point, you see, like, uh, doesn't Unit 1... Like smash into like rugby tackles it, and then they hit a building. Yeah, and from a distance you see this building just go like sliding, <laughs> sliding parallel along, leaving yeah. this cloud of dust behind it. Yeah. As if like the building were a solid block that could yeah. just be moved, and like it wouldn't just crumble. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then the angel is is pretty much on its last legs. It's on its back, and the Ava is leaning over. It's broken its ribs open, and it's punching away at its red exposed yeah. orb in its chest. Because the uh, Sashio, uh, the angel, had like, as we mentioned in the last episode, had like a um, weird exposed, exposed rib, cage. rib cage, and and this the what are the N two engine S two S two or N two one of those. It was the N two mines, weren't mm. they? They were they were weapons, and the S two engine, the, the space squared engine, which is like a red uh, kind of marble, giant red. Yes, S two organ. There you go, the S2 organ, which is what gives the angels uh, all their energy yeah. and their amazing uh, kind of healing abilities. And yeah, and then um, apparently if you want to truly kill an angel, you have to destroy that the S2 organ. And so, brutally, it's like, it's like two cavemen fighting with sticks. It's horrible. Unit 1 is on top of the angel, rips off its ribs. It's just battering. Over and over and over again, just pounding... Uh, a rib down on the yeah on the core, and uh, and then you think oh it's going to do it it's cracking yeah, and then I think like the angel is kind of like I think the angel notices it's going to die yeah it realizes it's lost, and so its last resort is to kind of liquefy yeah and wrap itself around the torso of um, Avero one yeah so it kind of like turns to goo and then forms this great big black sphere around yeah. e- the and unit one. And we get a shot from inside and we see its, N- its S2 organ start to glow very bright white and shake and they back at the nerve control centre go it's going to self-destruct and then there's an epic explosion which again shoots into the sky branches off in two ways and forms yeah. a crystal And like cross. the camera pulls right out to the point where we're practically standing on the other side of the bay. Of <laughs> the world. <laughs> yeah, and you just see this incredible column of white energy yeah. going up into the sky in the shape of a crucifix. Also, how is anything left standing? <laughs> like, it, it, what we've seen of a clean-up operation imp- implies, like, yeah, maybe a few city blocks got tumbled, mm. but the city is still standing. Yeah. And yet, based on the size of this explosion... Well, the city had folded away, majoritively. Hadn't that's it? true. Yeah. That's true. But still, the damage done, I mean, it's insane. Like yeah. all, the, all the little street level shops, the kind of shops, in fact, that Masato and Shinji go to to buy the beer, those would have they don't fold away. Yeah, they're, they're the big it's the big skyscrapers that fold away. So, like, okay. Anyway, so yeah, so there's a huge explosion, and to all intents and purposes, we're now like, oh god, is that the end of Avro One? Is that the end of Shinji? End of the series? We, yeah, <laughs> we cut back Could to be, the for all we know. control center, and uh, and they're like, oh, what, did it did it survive? And then we saw that see a sort of uh, inferno. Uh, around yeah, the like a side. real kind of vision of hell. Yeah, and walking from within the smoke and flames is a colossal, unmistakable silhouette of an Ava walking out of it. Yeah, so and it's it, fine. It, it it's survived. Fine. And everyone back at Nerve is kind of like freaking out. Yeah, like everyone's like, "Oh my god, this is the, this tr- is the true form." The true form. And we're like, "Is it?" And we can't really see because it's what a does silhouette. That mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but its helmet falls off. Its helmet does fall off because then, because then you sort of see a shot where they're back at base, 
Yeah. Uh, and Avro One is now back in a hangar. And Shinji is still in the cockpit, but he seems okay. Um, and the helmet just falls to the ground. We see the shot of the helmet falling, and it's all melted and, and corroded, yeah. obviously, from this huge nuclear blast that's gone off. Um, and then we see a shot from Shinji's perspective in the cockpit. Yeah, now, this is a shot which always confused me, and you actually went a long way today <laughs> to explaining how it works. Because Shinji in the cockpit is kind of inside the chest. He's physically the... located in the chest, yes. But his vision is through the eyes. Of the Ava. Yeah, yeah. so that's not hard to... Yeah, no. No, not a problem there. But he's standing next to a highly reflective skyscraper. He is. This always confused me. <laughs> so he's using the side... Well, that's of... why he isn't back in the hangar yet, is he? He's, a, he's next to a skyscraper, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and because it, it's like... Uh, the Eva's just walked out of the flames of hell. Yeah. Its mask has fallen off. So we then... We cut back to Shinji... Who's looking out of his cockpit window. Yeah, well, first time we've seen Shinji for a while. Mm. Since the Eva kind of... Fine. Yeah, he seems okay. A little bit shocked. But of course, his cockpit windows are actually camera screens. He's actually looking at, at readouts from a, from a camera. Yeah. And he looks to the right and he sees his own head, as it were, the Ava's head, reflected in the skyscraper. Yeah, I was always confused about this because I yeah. assumed like... So how, what? Like, is how, he, is he seeing his how, is he, how can he see his own face? Yeah. <laughs> and he looks and this is like, you know, I guess... We're used to this now because this series is nearly twenty years old. Mm. But it's like I'm guessing this would have been a bit of a shock to. Definitely. Well, it was. I remember when I first watched it. I was like, "What?" Because it's like it's some utter proof that these aren't. It isn't a robot, and it's very weird what's underneath the helmet. Like it isn't. It isn't a human face either. There's this very. It's very bald. There's no hair, and it seems to sort of have like stripes as though it's like sedimentary rock. It's got like layers to it. It doesn't have much in the way of facial features no. either. It has like what could be described as a lower jaw. Which seems to still be left over from like, met- that seems to be metal that's yeah. attached on. But the brown sort of stripy skin underneath seems to be its true skin. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously damaged and there's like a hole where the eye should be on the sort of side of its head. Yeah. And as Shinji watches the reflection of his own, essentially, Ava's head the eye sort of heals itself and bubbles and grows in this cavity. It's kind of like this weird like Almost like a, like a cancerous kind of bubbling of flesh. Yeah, and then it's flat, and then a slit appears, and it opens like an eye, and it's this green eye stares yeah. right back at Shinji. Because really, it's staring at its reflection, but yeah. of course it's kind of looking at Shinji. Yeah. So, and it, it is kind of like, you're inside this horrible biological weapon thing. Yeah. It's, not a, it's not a robot. But what's interesting to think is that it's already healing itself. So mm. it's capable of that. Which, you know, because you've got to wonder, yeah. haven't you? Like, it took a huge amount of damage the beginning of the fight when Shinji wasn't in control very well and the spike went straight through its head. That's, like, through its brain. That's through its right eye and out the back of its skull. Is it already healed from that now? Yeah, because... It heals its own arm in the battle as well. And you're, you're... Like, we're not entirely sure what the capabilities of the Eva are. But also, like, you get the impression that Nerve aren't entirely sure either. Mm. Like, they've created something... They don't entirely understand. It's almost like they've just bolted stuff onto something that they got. Yeah. Like, and they they've just about made it work. But who knows when it could go berserk, you know, and, and you know, get completely out of their control. And also, this is the first time they've ever tested or used this yeah. thing at all. Yeah, true. But that's pretty much the end of the episode. I think it is, and then it turns to black and says to be continued. Yeah. Smash cut to the credits and uh, slime so- it to the moon. Another tonal <laughs> shift. 
Well, look, uh, now we've talked about what happened in the episode. Yeah. This is when we would normally talk about uh, the angel. Yeah. But of course, it's the same angel as the last episode. Same angel, which doesn't often happen. No. But I guess for if you're opening a series, you need... Yeah. You know, it was a two-parter, a really. A start, starter, yeah. So, yeah, Satchio. We yeah. barely knew ye. Yeah. But um, not, not the most exciting of angels, but had to start somewhere. Yeah. Okay. So, this is now where we talk about the impact. The impact of the episode. So, Nick, what did you think of this episode? Um, I I liked this episode. I mean, I love the show. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're coming from a perspective of liking it. But I, 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 I think it was kind of weird. Yeah. Because it, it's concluding the big battle. And obviously the first episode, like, we, we actually genuinely thought was quite good. Yeah. Um, in terms of, like, setting everything up and creating this world of mystery and everything. And, and, then, it, and then episode one ends with the beginning of this huge battle. And, oh, my God, it's going to go into battle. And then this episode begins with that, but then almost immediately cuts away. And as we talk about extensively, the tonal shifts in this are so weird. That I remember when I first watched this as a kid, all I wanted was that epic battle payoff. You, you want know? a resolution. I was like, I was like this is going to yeah. be so cool, big robots battling stuff. And I didn't get that. Instead, I got this weird kid being treated very weirdly by his superiors, moving into a house, seeing a tiny penguin, being surprised naked, you know. And then and then I was really worried that I wasn't even going to see the end of that battle. I remember that's how I felt. And then suddenly the end of the battle does come at the end of the episode. And it is pretty cool. But the one big thing that I took away from it is that it wasn't because of Shinji's skill that they win. And that always frustrated me a little bit. Later on, it is partly due to how good he is at piloting the Evangelion, and and to some extent, some other people that we meet down the line as well. But in this one, it felt very much like, in order to win that battle, it had to take over. Yeah. And it, it, it went berserk. And I guess they were building like a, a greater story about the mystery and the enigma that surrounds the Avas themselves. Maybe, you know, this early on you wouldn't get that. You'd feel a little bit cheated by the fact that Shinji wasn't the amazing hero who steps up and fights in impossible scenarios like maybe you hoped he was. And, and of course, that, that thought will get more and more dashed against yeah. the rocks the more you watch it because Shinji is not the hero of this story. He's not a hero at all. Um, he tries his best. But, but yeah, so it's, it's weird. And, it, and the, what's weird about it, though, sets a lot up for how the rest of the show yeah, in my opinion. So, li- little bit of a dip here, I think, for me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because, of course, we're coming at this from a perspective of knowing the series and knowing what's coming. Yeah, like I'm if, trying to treat it like it's yeah. the first time. Because, of course, like if this was only the second episode you'd ever seen, maybe you'd seen the two episodes back to back. Yeah, maybe. Would you want to keep watching? Yes, I would want to keep yeah. watching, definitely. Because I'm re- I, was, I would be really intrigued, you know, with the eye appearing at the end and the fact that the Ava seemed to be biological and, and you know, that... And I do care about Shinji. Yeah. I do, I... <laughs> yeah. No, you do. You do. Yeah. You, you, it's kind of intriguing. You and... do relate to him. Because that is a little bit like, I think, what I'd be like, particularly at that age, if I was shoved into that scenario. I wasn't a strong kid. I wasn't a cocky... You know, I didn't, I didn't do sports. No. You know, so if, when Masato takes the mick out of him for being, like, weak and meek and submissive... That's what I was like. Yeah. So in a way, I, that, then I can I can relate. Well, to certainly, that. It, it certainly as we touched on in the last episode, it dashes any ideas you might have that this would be an ultimately heroic yeah. endeavor because it's actually terrifying and baffling and mm. bizarre. Uh, I think, um, yeah, I think the optimal word is uh, weird. <laughs> now, and I, I love I love weird things. Mm. I really do. I, I love them to bits. I think if something is weird, it's often used dismissively. Oh yeah. See, someone goes Negatively. like, "Oh, but some people go like, oh, it's weird." I don't want to watch anymore. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I, but actually, weird kind of means unusual. Yeah. Like not the norm. Mm. And I, I love that kind of stuff. Like I, I like the, the strange and unsettling things. It's, it's amazing. Um, 
This episode is weird. And I mean that in all possible definitions of the word. Because you have kind of like the amazing weirdness which defines this series. And we love. The mystery, the enigma, yeah. the bizarre qualities of the story. The Evas look like nothing else. The Angel looks like nothing else. Yeah. Uh, it's got blood. It's actually like this horrible biological... Like it's, That's really intriguing. And yeah, it makes yeah. you want to know more. But watching it again, as I said, watching it again, it is amazing how much, uh, I don't know, let's be charitable and call it nonsense, <laughs> you have to put up with in this show. Mm. Like... It's like uh, it's such an institution now that everyone looks back at it and goes like, "Oh, you know." Like, oh, but that's Evangelion. But it's like, I don't know. I just like you look at it and think, as a, I don't know. Like, was there much of an editorial process on this? <laughs> I get the feeling that maybe not. Because if you had, if you had to fit in both an awesome mech battle mm. and some domestic stuff, yeah. if you absolutely had to at gunpoint. I think they did the best possible job they could. Yeah, I agree. Because I think if you'd concluded the fight... Then the episode would have ended very, like... It would have been a real anti-climate. Yeah, Yeah. the first ten minutes would have been an awesome fight, and then the rest would have been quite boring. Yeah. If Shinji just... And there isn't enough time to set up the next battle, so therefore, you know, where are you? Yeah. Yeah. So I think kind of bookending it was quite nice. Yeah. The question is, that, that hypothetical scenario is where you're being forced to do that. Yeah. No one forced them to do this. Like... (laughs) I, this is the thing I find so baffling, and maybe it's like a different storytelling convention between Western and Japanese audiences, but it's like, it, it, it strikes me as so odd to go from, here is this world we're setting up, and now here's a load of like crazy slapstick and weird comedy and like plinky plonky soundtrack, yeah. and it's such a weird juxtaposition, and it kind of works because. It's Evangelion because it's anime and because it's Evangelion, yeah. But like, oh but the my, thing is, it's is so bizarre. That's that's the funny thing about watching anime, isn't it? We talk, we've talked about this before. Is that sometimes to really enjoy and to get anime, you have to just sort of accept that Certain it does. Things, it, yeah. You have to accept these things. And but then you know when we're talking about something as critically as we are now, it's like, well, do we? Do we yeah. have to just accept these things? Because I don't think so. I think we can talk about them. It doesn't take away from my love of this show. No. And it doesn't take away from my love of anime in general. Um, good anime, obviously. But but it is worth touching on the fact that even some of the greatest animes that I've ever seen, I have to just put up with some stuff. There's a lot of crap. Yeah. This is the thing I find so bizarre. Like, I, I love this series. We wouldn't be doing this show if we didn't love it. No, of course not. But watching this episode, I was amazed at how much stuff made me cringe. Yeah. Like... Uh, there is, uh, and we talked. You've mentioned this. It's a shot which they actually recycle. Yeah, many, many, many times. And in fact, we should count it. We should start counting. Yeah, this okay. Is the first time, first time ever. Like I know it's coming. I knew it was coming when we watched this episode. I'm like, yeah, oh god, I. it's the moment. I was actually kind of dreading it, as as you said, you were as well. And it's Masato slamming back a beer. Yeah. So, it's, uh, but it's going such a like a hyper exaggerated <laughs> way. <laughs> Down and the then beer. she swings the beer in front of the camera. Slams her face like almost down into the camera. Ooh, that's good, or something and, like and that. And it lingers a lot longer than I think is necessary. Yeah. To the point where, because of the way the animation works, you're just left with this weird kind of vacant look on her face. Yeah. And I, we were joking about it, how like the, the English dubbing team must have just been like <laughs> crying out loud. What have we got? How do we fill 10 <laughs> seconds What are we going to do with this? <laughs> I think I, I've seen different definitions and like different translations and sometimes she's going like yeah this is the life and sometimes she goes like yeah that hits the spot that hits the spot yeah. Uh, yeah and it's just like tonally 
It's so odd. Tonally, tonally, tonally. It's all over the place. And then to get that multiple times down the line, which I know is partly down to the fact that anime has to, you know, save money here and there. And yeah. obviously, you can always see it in anime as well. It's something I've, I've started to notice when you watch more and more of it. When you have an episode that is very, very talking heads, you know there's going to be an amazing battle at the end because all the money has been saved in that episode yeah. for all the complex animation, the battle animation at the end. So everything else, they still have to fill the same amount of time as every other episode. Everything else has to be very, very pared back. And some animes get it right where they sort of like balance everything really, yeah. really well. But Evangelion being an earlier anime, I think, and, and maybe struggling a little bit with, with budget and moving that budget around from episode to episode, this was a very domestic, very static most of the episode. But then bookended by these incredibly dynamic fight scenes, which looked amazing. Because it's interesting, because I think like Evangelion is kind of known for its uh, lingering camera yeah. work, which is very effective and sometimes, but it's also, as you rightly said, a money-saving yeah. device. You can buy a couple of seconds here, then, yeah. with, without any movement on the screen at all. Like I know there's later episodes where two characters scanned an elevator yeah. in silence for about a minute. And the amount of times that Evangelion will make an effort to not show us the mouth of a character when they're talking. Yeah. So we'll hear them talking, but they're facing away from us. Or they're a silhouette or something. Yeah. And, and it's clearly because, again, that saves money in time. Exactly. But it's only because that money goes into these incredible yeah. like designs and fight scenes, which is worth it. I don't mind having these PowerPoint slide style conversations if I get that amazing like animation payoff later on. Yeah. Like, it's almost like there's an amount, a certain amount, a finite amount of animation per episode. It's a resource. Yeah. And they spread it thinner in the in the talk scenes, talky scenes, and they and they just lather it all over the combat. And it's awesome. I'm fine with that. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and the fight scene is amazing. Oh yeah. The fight scene is really good. And it's quite unlike any other kind of mech fight scene. As you said, see. very, very brutal. That's yeah. the word to take away, isn't it? But it's just I, I don't know, it, it's so I often compare anime to if someone if you're trying to explain it to someone who's never seen it before mm. you say what do you mean like how can you describe what anime is like surely it's just a medium it's yeah. like how would you describe to someone what cinema is like or what a book is like yeah. every book is different but in anime there do appear to be certain conventions which are always there absolutely. and and it makes me think of like a pantomime you're absolutely right I think I think this is one of the coolest ways you've I've ever heard it put like it is like a pantomime. Because how would you describe pantomime to someone outside the UK? Yeah, it's a it's a way of telling stories, but there's always certain things that appear. You always have to have crowd interaction. You yeah. always have a lead, you know the leading the lead uh, boy is always played by a girl. Woman. Yeah. Uh, you know the the comedic older woman is always played by a man. Yeah. The oh no you didn't oh yes he yeah. did he's behind you all these sorts of things and yet no matter what the story is and no matter how like dark this, the original story matter might actually be yeah. it's always lightened and used all of these conventions in yeah like that's how it always plays because Evangelion is a, is a passion project yeah and it's like we're juxtaposing a boy's depression and alienation against a battle for the survival of humanity mm. like it's, it's big themes but then in the middle of it you've got all this weird hey like you know, here's, here's, a, here's a lady in hot pants knocking back a beer and like the music's all plinky plonky and now Shinji's naked and there's a penguin walking around. It's so jarring. Like, it's really unusual. And I'm just like, it why is. did we need the slice of life? I mean, the, the, I, I certainly think that there was a call for something other than robot fights in yeah. that episode. You know, because we've got to get to know the characters. We've got to see what the world is like You as need well. a bit of human drama, yeah. I suppose. And so, and as you say, like, bookending the fight was the perfect way 
to to tell an episode where you needed something else to happen yeah. in the middle. But they weren't forced into it being no one no one forced their arm into it being this weird, jarring tonal shift with a strange twenty nine year old woman yeah. who is who is treating a fourteen year old boy in very strange ways. Um and there was just no need for, for that weird shift, was there? It was just But as you say, we accept a lot because it's anime mm. and we accept a lot because it's Evangelion. Yeah. Like looking back at it now, it's all part of this mythology which we love about the show and we say like, Oh, you know, you've got you know, the robots, but you've also got like all this big cask of like characters in Shinji's kind of day to day life. And you accept a lot of it, but and it's oh it kind of works. It's kind of overall, it's kind of so weird and it's such a weird collection of random ideas that they somehow gel together mm. but just watching it again it is a little bit kind of like maybe there's an element of rose tinted glasses where i think oh yeah yeah definitely yeah. i think there probably is with every anime that that we love like i think obviously because we gloss over these bits that we don't like when we when we remember it 10 years 20 years down the line we remember all the cool bits we remember the mythology we remember the avers we remember the battles mm. we remember the the stakes um but we don't remember, we don't remember the weird stuff. No, um, and as you say, not the good weird, but the weird weird. I'm always unnecessarily re- weird. I'm always reminded of um, something uh, in the Miska Plinkett reviews of the uh, the Star Wars prequels, where he's explaining tone, which I think is really interesting. He says, like, well, you know, you wouldn't have uh, a Cusker pie fight in the middle of the Godfather. No, and he said, and you wouldn't have like a violent assault scene in the middle of a Disney movie. No. You know, it's, 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 you've got to think about where it's kind of yeah. placed and what it means to the bigger whole. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I, I think some of the best stories are able to fuse epic, high-stakes storytelling with comedy. Mm. And I think when you, when you do that, you reach a higher level of storytelling because comedy is a really good way to get the reader to invest in and like a character, I mm-hmm, think. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one of the best ways because you're literally first-handedly affecting the reader with what you're doing. You're making them happier. You're genuinely making them happy, yeah, making yeah. them laugh. So if that character is then in danger, after having just made you laugh, as long as you do it right, you really care about what oh, happens yeah. to that character. I, I, sometimes, sometimes it's a very human thing. Mm. Like if it's a tense situation or someone nearly dies, and then someone cracks a joke, and you're like, oh yeah, well, uh, that's yeah. A, I'd probably be nervous as hell in that situation. I'd probably crack a stupid joke And you well. grow to love the characters even more yeah. because of that. And so that balance between comedy and, and drama is immensely, I think... Like it's a, it's a it's a super skill. It's yeah. an incredible skill. But this, this isn't trying to do that. I don't no. think it, it, to the point where it literally because you see Shinji driving to the place. It is it is as kind of like jarring as that was one scene. Now we're going to physically transport you to this Somewhere other scene else. and the tone and the setting and everything. The music. Yeah. Is and there's this little theme which is. <laughs> I guess you could call it like Masato's theme or something because yeah. it's repeated over and over again. House theme. Yeah, like playing like, house. Ooh, like uh, cheerful, cheerful. <laughs> and it's, just, it's weird. And then, of course, it ends not only with, like, you know, big fight scene, but also Shinji just staring morosely at the ceiling. Yes. Arguably with the onset of post-traumatic stress yeah. disorder. Gone through one of, something that no one should ever have to go through in their life. And this is only the beginning. Yeah. That's episode two. You know, hey, kids. Like, it's a wrap. <laughs> I think, like, when I think back of Evangelion, I think, like, watching it again is going to be very interesting because uh, even, you know, it's been remade so many times as well. And I think yeah. it gets refined and refined and refined. But, like... Um, or does it? Or does it? Well, I guess we'll find out. 
But I always, I always feel you got to get through the first few episodes. Yeah, well, that's probably the case for practically everything. Yeah. It, like, the amount of times that someone has said, oh, you should totally watch this new show, but, you know, give it a few episodes because it starts pretty slow. It's like, every comedy that I love is like that. Every big show that I watched is like that. This is no different in that respect. So I'll, I'll allow that. I, I don't judge... I don't stop watching a show until I'm beyond, like, four episodes. I'll give it, give it a good four or five okay. episode chance. And, I mean, and there's enough good... Oh, yeah. Two episodes in to make you want to skick. Definitely. With it. Absolutely fine. Just, there's some weird stuff. And it's a little, it's a little hard watching some bits. But hey. <laughs> in some places. Hey, they get, they get better. So should we rate it? Should we rate it? Yeah. So, okay. Impact out of 10. So we gave the first episode seven. Pretty high. Yeah, that is pretty high. But it did open pretty strong. I think I have a number. I think I do as well. I'm going to say it five. I was going to say five. Five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that makes averaging easier. Absolutely. Because uh, the way I thought about five is that it was by no means a bad episode. No. Um, and I think in terms of what I can remember and, and now like being reminded of it and what I can expect, this is probably quite middle of the road for the, the tonal shifts and the weirdness. I yeah. Think. So that's fine. But I guess I... Uh, would you say like the first and second episodes are meant to be taken as one? You could argue that they are. In which case, they average out at like six. It is a six overall. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a a strongish start. I think definitely part one is better than part two. Yes. Part two obviously picks up what's left over, but kind of, I don't don't know, just is, is, it loses marks because of some of the weirder elements which are thrown in. The things it does right, it does really well. And arguably, there'd be nothing like it before. Not many things like it since. It was weird and wonderful Radical. and shocking to look at. It's very cool. Mm. And there was also some weird nonsense thrown in <laughs> on top of that, which just seems completely superfluous. Yeah. But hey, so that's the impact. Uh, let's talk about Shinji. Yeah, so the Shinji rating. Yeah, how uh, we rate every episode both on its impact and also how Shinji is Shinji. Yeah. Where one Shinji is a perfectly well-adjusted human being yeah. and ten Shinjis is... Full blown Shinji Akari, like yeah. the most detached, damaged person you can imagine. Okay, well, we said three for the first one, didn't we? Yeah. Um, I I think I've got a number. I oh yeah, I'm worried about being predictable, but I think I have. Okay, I think four. Yeah, I'd actually I'd I'd I take the easier and say four. I was going to say five, mm. but you got to think long term, and that's the big thing. You've yeah. Got to think long term, and not only that, but one step on the Shinji scale. Is, is a huge step when you think about the effect it is on a human person. Because if if one is is a well-adjusted human being and ten is how bad Shinji gets, just one step on that is is a, a is a depressive mental yeah, breakdown. It's pretty bad. So, you know, just going up one sounds like not that much, but actually for Shinji and for what he's gone through, yeah. it's huge. And we need to save space for what happens. Because like, yes. he's also, like, in this episode, he's put through an immensely traumatic experience. Because mm-hmm. in the first episode, he very bravely... Was said like I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. He was emotionally blackmailed into it, but he was like, "Yeah, I will do it. I will pilot this thing." Yeah, it's brave. You know, he went for it. We have a lot of shots of him staring at things and looking a bit morose and being quite yeah. submissive in this one. Okay, he's put through immense trauma because yeah. he feels like the physical pain that the Eva is put through. Yeah. Then he blacks out. We think. Yeah. When I mean, he's in hospital for a bit. And oh yeah, and he has a brief encounter with his dad. Yes, you remember. He does. Just as the elevator doors open and close, we're waiting for an elevator. Doors open. It's his dad. They just stare at each other. 
for like 30 seconds. And then the door shut and his dad continues on his way. Yeah. Like... Great moment. It's pretty crushing. Yeah. But, I mean, he, he moves in with Masato. He does. And she's drunk and abusive, but at the same time, she does kind of give him a nicer home. Yeah. And he seems kind of appreciative of it. He does. He has moments of, of you know, makes a joke about her having a messy apartment. He's, he seems kind of like a normal boy at some point. Yeah. Right? Like, he's doing, yeah. like, a, maybe a polite, quiet boy, but he's doing... Okay, <laughs> but then of course it ends with him staring at a ceiling, and you get the impression that when no one's around, he just stares, stares, and thinks about nothing <laughs> at things. Poor guy. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I'd probably say like he is selectively or like deliberately or not is blocking a lot of the trauma out. Like yeah, he's definitely not healthy. I hope uh, I hope things look up for him. Oh, I'm sure it will get. I'm better. sure it should be quite a happy resolution. <laughs> That's episode two. Yeah. So, um, unless you have anything you'd like to add? I think that's covered it. Cool. So, yeah. um, thank you for listening, everyone. Yes, and uh, join us for the next episode. And uh, do you want to do the sign-off? Or? Uh, what is the sign-off? Okay, I'll do, I'll do the sign-off <laughs> You then. do the sign-off, yeah, hack. <laughs> uh, So, thank you for listening, everyone. And remember, however bad your life may be, you could always be Shinji Akari. This podcast, and others like it, is made possible thanks to our wonderful backers on Patreon. To support Big Punch Studios as we make comics like Afterlife Inc. and Seven String, games like Sandwich Masters, and podcasts like the one you've just been listening to, head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash bigpunchstudios. For just $5 a month, not only will you help make everything we do a reality, but we'll also send you four copies of Big Punch magazine a year. That's over 180 full-colour pages of comic action featuring Cuckoos, Orb, 99 Swords and Catamaran delivered straight to your door. This has been a Big Punch Studios production. For all things Big Punch, be sure to head on over to www.bigpunchstudios.com.